0: Buddy Jimmy Warren here. Welcome to a special edition of Guitar Talk at guitartalkofficial.com. We're leading into the uh, Illinois Guitar and Gear Expo, which is taking place the weekend of Saturday and Sunday, January 28th and 29th. Uh, Saturday the 28th, I'm hosting an all-star jam at the Looney Bin in Bradley, Illinois, with past guests from Guitar Talk from 7 to 10. It's absolutely free to get in. And then Sunday we're doing the Illinois Guitar and Gear Expo. We got dealers coming in from all over the country, buy, sell, trade. We've got uh, meet and greets with Joanna Connor, Jared James Nichols, Chuck Wunfler from Black Dot Mojo, Steve Scorfina from Ario, Mike Moserette from the In Theory Band, and Young Gun from California, Austin Mo. And then of course myself. Uh, what I want to do today is I want to highlight another one of the vendors that are going to be at the Illinois Guitar and Gear Expo. His name is Greg O'Brien. He uh, owns a company called Go Pedal Boards. They're out of Ohio. It's all made right here in the United States. Great boards. Uh, I use them myself. So do yourself a favor. Sit down, put your feet up, get yourself a real good beverage, and enjoy this conversation with Greg O'Brien from Go Pedal Boards right here on Guitar Talk. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about about your background, you know, because deciding to, you know, design pedal boards, <laughs> yeah. you know, is is kind of a, you know, it's kind of a technical application. And usually people that are making pedals or pickups or pedal boards or things like that have some form of technical background.
1: Yes. So,
0: uh,
1: but I, that yeah. you? It is. I'll I'll give you the breakdown and I'll tell it to you in a story so it makes sense of how it comes all about. Uh, As a kid, I wanted to play music, but my parents and grandparents were all coal miners from the hills of Kentucky and West Virginia. And up till junior high school, I could play. I played trumpet in the band and stuff like that. At the end of junior high school, it was like no more music. You can't make a living at that. you got to pick something you know? And yeah. and so uh, I, my grandfather was a TV repairman. And so electronics seemed to be good for me. So I went through two years of communication electronics in a vocational high school. And, uh, and I got to do that because I graduated high school two years early. And so I went through it. And then I went on to college for electronics engineering. And then I went on for my master's and so on. I become a professor of electronics engineering. Uh, but music was my passion. That's what I did. I, I had a band. I was in a band. I left Ohio and, and West Virginia and went to Hollywood in the 80s and played music out there. And did To support myself, I did amp repairs and, and I designed and built power amps and stuff like that, you know which was kind of cool. And then later, you know, it kind of snaked my way around and working for in the technical world for uh, the government and different things. Um, I did five and a half years at NASA. I later went back and did another graduate degree in music technology at Purdue because I really loved doing all the music stuff. I taught broadcast engineering and, all that kind of stuff, you know, sound production and blah, blah, blah. And so it, it came about that I became a guy that colleges would call to help design their music technology programs. And so I designed programs all over the US. I put in, I designed the Table Arch Research Center for Purdue, I, uh, which is all about music, Internet 2. Uh, high data packets, sending and receiving and so on. Um, I became a guy who put in a whole technology program for a level seven maximum security prison. <laughs> and it was pretty wild. And it was an all technology driven program. So I did that for five and a half years. And once it was done, I moved on to the next one. So I've done programs for, Ohio University, Hawking College, um, New Mexico Junior College, um, for the state of Delaware, um, and different other colleges and, and, and programs like in California, throughout the U.S. Yeah. Uh, in doing so, the way I got to the pedal boards was because I was designing and developing these programs, a lot of times part of my contract, which was a sweetheart thing, was that I had to continue to play music, record. So I had to do live shows, record, tour, and do sound production. I had a sound production company called Full Spectrum Sound. And in and, and that, all of these different things kind of come together, this whole technology thing. so. While I was at New Mexico Junior College for five and a half years, part of my gig was to tour, play, promote the program, blah, blah, blah. Well, my band, I have a rock and blues band called Greg O'Brien and the Spoodoo Cadillacs. And we were playing in New Mexico, Texas, uh, Arizona, California, Nevada, um, Arkansas. Tennessee, West Virginia, Ohio, Indiana, just a bunch of places. And I owned everybody's pedal boards that's on the market. You know, I owned, I don't know if I was going to say the names or not, but I owned a lot of Temple Audio, Pedal Train, Furman. And I was always having to do something to them to, uh, you know, rig them or, you know, just uh, hillbilly them up so I could uh, use them for what I wanted, you know, and uh, I'd go to the metal shop and make these things and these patch bays and connectors and everything else, and after five years on the road, and we was playing a lot, you know, and um, doing these kind of things because the college subsidized it. It made it really where we were able to do a broader range of a lot of colleges, a lot of uh, uh, state events, a lot of uh, corporate events, and things like that. So it it really did it, it did a lot of good for both the program and for the band. And then in that process, sometimes I would do a solo show, I would do a duo show one night. The next night I'd be in a a little three piece, and all with my band guys, you know. So that whatever gig we had, we stayed on the road and we, I did it however needed to be done, you know, because we took whatever was coming at us to do these things and so on. And um, I realized that I was always tearing the board down between one type of show and another show. Sometimes we'd be on a jumbotron stage where you needed all these things and, and we, we were just a small condensed unit. You know, so I put I built things to go with the pedal board, like a, a little substation that I put a foot controller for light controls on. And then on the other side, I put a little I call it a station, another little thing where I put my computer on where I actually had an HDMI out where I could use that to run video. Like if we went somewhere with a jumbotron, we could run video you know, and I could run the video we wanted via my little control network, you know? And so I started building these pedal boards to accept and to interface with a lot of the technology that was being used in all these productions. I mean, from small productions to large productions. So some of the things that I always had trouble with was keeping something charged up. You'd always end up like, oh, you know, your phone's dead. You needed it for some uh, other times. We'd be... Backing some some other band at a festival, you know, backing some other performer at a festival, and uh, they needed their lyrics on an iPad, and you know, this, these kind of things. So I started looking at all the shortcomings of what was happening, and it, when as I did that, I would fix something for a board. Yeah, you know, I just rig up a board that I'd have that to solve that problem. Well, after five and a half years, I told my wife when we got done on the tour When I said, I've saved up some money. I'm having a custom-made pedal board that'll have all these things. So I called all of those companies and I called all these people that made custom pedal boards. And my cheapest thing I could do to have all the things that I wanted on it was around $7,500 just for the board. And I'm like... That's crazy. That's you know. I'm an engineer. I sit down at the at you know CAD and actually not the CAD machine. I actually use SolidWorks. So I use SolidWorks to design the the board and on and test things out. And I had to I had to test like power supply sizes. And if you notice that bracket will in, in the, on the on the board allows the board to accept anybody's power supply on the market up to the Chocks Chocolat, and that's that's a big one. And that's the biggest one that fits in at the time. That was the biggest one I thought would, you know, that'd be ever needed, <laughs> but late I have come to see that there's always room for more. <laughs> uh, so, you know, those are the kind of things that come into the design of these things was what I was doing out on the road, what I needed, what I saw other people needing and talking to them and so on. and so. The board came out to be a, a piece of aluminum so that it'd be lightweight. It has handles on it so you can pick it up and go, you know, that was another thing. A lot of the other pedal board companies made their pedal boards so that they weren't real friendly for moving. And if you're a musician, you're, you're moving all the time. You may set up here for rehearsal one hour, and three hours later, be on a stage somewhere and you need to be able to move your rig easily, efficiently. And, and so that's why all the connect, the patch base, it allows you to shuffle things around for one setting, leave your pedals on the board, patch in and out or patch in and out of like the sound company's uh, leads or patch your own board around to itself and those kind of things. and it really did make life so much simpler. And it become my, sort of my task as, a, as you know, a, a pedal board guy is to make them, is to continually innovate it so that it makes life easier for the musician. And that's really my purpose because a pedal board, and, you know, lots of people do them. They, put a, they make a piece of aluminum and put it on there or a piece of wood or a piece of plastic or whatever they have make themselves a little pedal board. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, i think that's great that people are in a big I also realize that there are things that happen when you do that, that you don't, that you miss out on. You build a big wooden pedal board. It's great. You built your own thing, but it's heavy. And after a while, you know, finding a case, doing this and that and the other and making it look and feel really slick and easy. It's not so easily done. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to build something that would last, you know, that's kind of like one of those things that, um, you know, they say uh, build some type of uh, obsolescence into your product. Well, I don't believe in that. I think, you know, you get something good, and it works and it can continually work into the future. That's that's something that's you know it's worth having because I, if you think about like life, you got a refrigerator that's lasted 35 years, you like that product. You think, hey, that's great. I've done that now where we just bought a new refrigerator, refrigerator freezer. And it's been breaking down after the second year, it's been breaking right after your warranty went out. So it started breaking down. So I tried to build into my product, something that looks at where we are now at technology, what it takes to produce uh, music and stuff live in the studio and all these different scenarios and and make the board so that it will adapt. So, you'll you've you've seen where I have USB ins and outs, uh, XLRs ins and outs, and you can have as many as you want. TRS or TS so that it, it will accommodate not just your regular mono cables, but if you have a stereo cable for like like a like a fender amp channel switcher and reverb on and off, you can mount that to your board and use the TRS cable because those connectors that I use, they are TRS or TS. so it'll allow you to use either one. And they, you know, they, they recognize what's plugged in and make it so it's not noisy or anything like that. And then uh, like I said, like your board, you're using a USB chargeable power supply. On the back, there's a USB, there's USB feed-throughs that allow you to use that USB for many things. It can go to char- keep your power supplies in charge. It could be used to allow data in. So if you got something like a tone print pedal or something like that, it's plugged in and the data goes in right off of your board. Bring your computer, iPad, iPhone over, dump in the new algorithm to your pedal and off you go. You never have to take it off of the board. Um, charging ports on top, there's a big hub. I call it the USB hub. There's two USB high current charge ports and access to AC. That's one of the things, another thing, if you're in some little bar or something and you're limited in power, you, you've got limited, you know, your, your, your size of your playing area is so small, but there's very little power. Everybody, you've got cords running everywhere. It just made it easy To have a receptacle on your board so it can share power with somebody down the stage or you can use it to run some uh vintage or weird pedal or piece of gear and keep that going ac and underneath you can also split that off and use it to run your power supply if you have an ac power supply you can use it to run something else without having to have a whole lot of Cable mess, and that's the other thing. The board is set up so that it keeps a lot of your uh, clutter from cables and stuff down to a bare minimum.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> sorry, boy, you just you just put it all out there. That's really cool. I'm sorry, one, I didn't. No, that's, I didn't. you're good, man. One of the things that I noticed about the board that I have is is exactly, that's why I like it, is exactly what you're talking about. It has really made things simpler for me because everything that I need to do, whether it's like some gigs when I'm doing like a a solo thing, I might use an iPad for lyrics. And, you know, which I, I won't do if I'm playing a big theater gig with my band in that. And so to be able to have USBs, you know, on there to have the light You know, on top of there so that I can see my board, you know, to have that the external, uh, you know, uh, plug ins, you know, for vintage uh, um, pedals that I have that you can't run off of, you know, those adapters and that you have to use their power supply. I mean, having all those options there to be able to do it and then to be able to run, you know, stereo or. ABY or whatever it is you want to do out the back, you can do it all.
1: I'm glad that, like, that's, that's, that's I, and that's what my goal is, is to make life and production easier, no yeah. matter whether it's the one. I'm
0: going gra- to grab it. Okay. okay. I should have had it, but I'm going to grab it. That's okay. Cool. So that people can see
1: what we're talking about.
0: I don't see if I can. So people can see the back of it so they can get an understanding. Yeah. You know, all all the different connectors. Yeah. The options that you have and there's that um, Uh, tilted enough where they can see the, the power on the top. You can see, I've got mine laid out. I don't have the wires connected yet, but I have it it all set up. I had it all connected and, and ran through it and this and that, but I hated the way, cause I hate wires. Yeah, <laughs> I do, man. I, I'm one of those guys, man. If it can't be neat and it can't be clean. Well, then it can't be, you know, you got right. to, you get it right.
1: Absolutely. But,
0: but, but having all those options, like I've just said on the back, like you were talking about yeah. is, is just so, I don't know if I can tip that up a little bit so that people can see it in that, but you got that clamp underneath that panel underneath where you can clamp in your power supply and, and all that. So, uh, and it's, it's not a weighty board until you put your pedals on it. If you got big, massive fat, you know, Vox was and crap like that. But, uh, and the other thing too, that I like about the pedal board is that it's hard to, there's all kinds of slots in the top of it so that you can run your cables through so you don't have stuff bunched up everywhere. You know what I mean? You're not having a ton of wires zip tied on the top of your pedal. It can all be underneath and hidden from everything. Yeah. Which is really nice. So. And And this and this is this is one of your bigger pedals, correct? No, that you
1: have a what you have there is a two-tier, if I remember 24
0: inch. Yeah, that's right. Okay.
1: Okay. And so I make them in different sizes. I make them in single tier 18, 24, 30, and 36 inch wide. I make them in two tier, 18, 24. 30 and 36 inch wide. And I make them in three tier, uh, 30 and 36 inch wide.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a math. See, now I've had boards like that before. I just, just friggin' gigantic and using a fractal. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, why bother? I mean, right. it's just, it's
1: just too crazy. I get a lot of guys, the big boards that they'll set them up so that part of the board is for their acoustic rig, yeah. Part of the board is for their electric rig, part of it's for their pedal steel. And they'll have those big boards to do that. And they can s- set up all kinds of different things.
0: Yeah, different that ones. makes sense. Yeah. But that makes sense. I mean, if that's if that's what you're into and stuff, and yeah. that's what you're doing. I mean, I was using, you know, I was just using a, a small board simply because it was it was hard to have it was hard to find a board like this that had everything that you need in order to you know to do what you need to do you know effectively and it's like at one point in time it was like two different boards sometimes i had three different boards <laughs> you know and it was it was just crazy it was absolutely- i've been there <laughs> yeah i know so i'm glad that you built something like this and and the cool thing is is that i've got room to grow if i want to right you know or i've got room to to make some, some changes if I want to in that. And so, uh, you're coming to the Illinois guitar and gear expo on Absolutely. the 29th in that, are uh, you going to bring a variety of boards? And- I will.
1: I usually always do. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I'll, I'll bring boards. I usually bring, I do some
1: guitars and some amps just so that people have something to look at besides the boards. Uh, I'll bring boards and pedals and, um, I build pedals, I build um, an overdrive, and I I build a tremolo, I build a uh, tube overdrive, I build a chorus, and a few things. And I haven't kicked my pedal uh, thing up yet, but I'm I'm ramping up. And uh, so I may have a few of those there. And uh, really cool selector switch. So you can you have you can select through presets or you know dial right. in something you know and uh, I, I like that it's kind of and 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 again back to ease you know sometimes less is more and for me on the the overdrive distortion pedal front uh, it's set so you just click through different ranges and then dial that in, dial in your sound that way and. Wow. Kind of, it's kind of cool. I hope I'll yeah. show you some when I get there. But uh, yeah,
0: well, we we met at the uh the Indiana show. I think yeah. I think the first time I I came there, I met you, and then last time I was there was when we uh started oh. talking and that and uh and you did have you had a wide variety of pedals and stuff like that, and you know, and I find guys, you know, I I hate to keep saying guys like yourself, but I find guys like yourself. You know, okay, you're doing a pedal board, but see, it makes a lot of sense that you're doing pedals too, because, yeah. you know, I'll, you know, they just tie together. Yeah, and, exactly. And it's really the obvious direction for a guy like you to go into. And, and yeah. I, I know another guy who worked for NASA at one point in time oh, that, that makes pedals. And, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I don't know if you know Robbie Hall, who makes the ethos overdrives. I don't.
1: I was at uh, Lewis Research Center yeah. in Cleveland, and then
0: uh, some down in Florida. But yeah, very, yeah. Very yeah he's he's a big engineer. He's not a player, not really oh, no. a player, not really player at all. You know, but uh, he he just got he got it. What happened was was uh, a, a friend of his had a Dumble lamp. Oh, nice! You know? And so uh, he got really intrigued. On the the Dumble amp, and so he decided that he was going to make a pedal based off of that, and that's what all his Ethos pedals are. They're all based off of these dumbles that he had and kind of took apart and went through and right. whatever and stuff. But like minded people, you know, yeah, you and him, absolutely, ha- you know, enjoy having coffee together someday, yeah. maybe.
1: Absolutely, I I, I run into the kind of people. I met a man in uh at the Columbus Guitar Show many years ago. I have to say probably 15 years ago. And I used to write for a Guitar Digest because Mark and Mark, who ran the Columbus show, we all worked at the same college. And then I would do their their electronic product reviews of amps and pedal, blah, blah, blah. So um, I met a guy there who built amps and he was building... Train wreck clones and so on. And he got one of those. I think it was Ken Fisher's thing. He got yeah. one of those and then uh took it apart. And him and his brother, uh, you know, he he's a great technician. He's not an engineer, he's a drummer, yeah. but he was an electronics technician, and he just built some of the greatest amps, you know, hall amplification. He's I think he's kind of semi pretty much retired from it now, but um, I would go hang out with him just because, even though he wasn't like you know a college uh degreed engineer, the man was just brilliant with his ideas on building amps and sound stuff and things, and yeah, you know, I thought that was great,
0: you know? yeah, now you're gonna also do a uh, clinic correct at the yeah. um yes the, at the guitar show and uh what, can you give us an idea i mean what are you going to do that around yeah,
1: what i thought i would do is bring a, a couple boards up that show some of the things that i i I, I use this terminology tricks tips and traps <laughs> so uh so because you know a lot of times you get you know you learn some tricks then you get trapped because that's all you do. And then there's some tips to get out of that kind of funk. So <laughs> I thought what I'd do is do something like that, you know. And yeah. uh, show, I really want to show uh, some of the things that will allow your the user to use their board for. For example, there's a pedal, a little pedal you can put anywhere in your chain that signal comes in. And it it spits out a stereo signal and then it spits out all of the audio coming in through a USB so that you can use it to drive your um, your daw it's an interface oh wow you can use it to as a USB audio if you wanted you know or or anything whatever you know whatever you can do with that all that signal that is coming through your pedal board Will go right out that USB port. So if you're sitting at home wanting to play to something on your computer, you're going to hook up to your computer via that USB, and all the stuff coming through your board will go right in. That'll be your, your USB input, and yeah. you can use that with your backing tracks or use that with uh, you know recording. Your your uh, use it with just whatever you want. You know, yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff, and so. There's so many programs, so many things out there now that you can use that is being used, like the iRig. There's a thousand, you know, recording programs, there's Pro Tools, there's Audacity, there's um, Reaper, you know, just tons of stuff. And a lot of some of that stuff is free and um, just being able to interface to your computer gives you a direct into your into your recording stuff and that that makes things really nice and simple you never have to change the way your signal chain is to go to the recording you know yeah. and some of the other things i i thought i'd show is i've got one board set up with an with an with an amp on it and so a 75 watt amp, and or tone whatever they call it um all of the ins and outs on that amplifier is on one side of the board. All the pedals are on the other side of the board. So it's set up so that board can be used to run a off board amp. Or if you want to run the board, the amp on board, all you have to do is have a cabinet or a monitor of some sort. And, you know, everything's on your board and you're ready to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One of the, one of the, questions that i get all the time through guitar talk is how to set up a pedal board because there's so many guys out there that you know they're always asking me hey these are the four pedals i got what kind of order should i put them in which one goes first i could cover that too yeah there's rule it's like everything else
1: there's rules that okay do this this and this and it'll always be good but then once you know the rules right it, it, it's good to bend them and then and I hate to say this because there is a right way and there is a, a way that works and then the right way and the way that works for you may not be the same, you know, because sometimes putting an effect in front of something else that, that logic says don't do that makes a tone that you use and like, you know? And, and so then to say, you know, always do it like this, you you put that limitation on that person's creativity from using those things. Uh, If you allow them to move them pedals around in different orders, uh, and then try it, uh, that that's one of those things where it really does take someone searching for what works for them. You know, plugging it up one way and trying it and it not work and just being able to say, okay, and then redoing it. So what I like to do is say, okay, here are the normal rules. You know, this, 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 and this, and this. And then I'll, I'll give them a list of the rules and say, okay, then here, for example, here's a rule that's like one of those normal rules. Always put your delay last so that whatever comes through, if you're using in a delay, it is it delays it. With my pedal board, it allows you to separate out those time-based effects and all your normal stuff that may go before the amp. And so you can use the effects loop of an amp, or you can use the front end, or you can use both. And the board allows you to patch even in the board. So if you're at one place and they have a good effects loop, you have got your delay last and all your time-based effects together. And you've got your distortions or your any of your amplitude varying or um, tone varying type pedals to go to the front of the amp. Any of your time-based varying effects goes to the effects loop. So that so that it hits right, right there, you know, pre-phase inverter and it makes it very lush in the sounding. So that way when you hook up a certain way, you know what to expect. But then that, that means that sometimes you don't want that. And sometimes you're gonna to go to, and you're just gonna use a different amp but don't have an effects loop. So you just patch from one jack output of the, of the, on the board over to the input of the time-based effects. And now you're back to having your whole board in line. And it kind of takes those rules and shuffles them a little bit so that the rules apply, but not really. And uh, so I could give the rules and I can say this and then I can say, when you make these kind of changes, like in your pedal configuration, here's what to expect. You know, and there's some kind of pedals that people call tone suckers. You put them in the in your pedal chain, and it's a great pedal made by a great manufacturer. You've got it in the chain, and next thing you know, what you hear in your pedal chain is not what you hear when you're just trying to pedal by itself. Because you may have different types of pedals connecting together. You may have a, a digital pedal with an analog pedal, and then there's going to be a difference. You know, there's going to be a tone. Tonal difference. And there's going to be things that shift that's not normally considered, you know, or there can be things like uh, different types of pedals. We're dealing with the frequency spectrum. So when you go into a pedal that's going to, and it's kind of funny that the Asian people call pedals effectors. So we're going to affect that somehow. These effectors actually do have more than just. The desired effect, you know, like a distortion will have more than just that distortion effect. It's probably going to work in a certain area, a certain range, a certain bandwidth of frequencies for that guitar. And in the frequency of the guitar range is small anyway. So that effector will affect a certain amount of that, depending on how that pedal is designed. And sometimes designs are made to... Boost or cut certain frequency ranges so that you can scoop the middle or boost the middle or boost the low end or boost the high end and so on. So if you put that pedal where you normally would and it your tone's gone, you're like, what happened? But when you plug it straight in, um, it sounds great. Well, those are the things where those rules can no longer apply. You have to actually set there and put this pedal in different parts of that chain to see where it sounds the best to your ear because in the end no matter what rules they are it's
0: how you feel about your sound
1: that is is the is the end result of what you want
0: yeah well that's what i t- i tell everybody even though you know i can tell them how to you know which pedals should go in which order you i i am a firm believer in you know you just have to mess with it you just have to, area you just gotta you know and that's the part of playing guitar that i love yeah. you know that is the part of playing guitar i love i love pulling down you know 10 different pedals and just messing around with them that's why right. when i took when people find out you know i have you know around 500 pedals Wow. You know, in, you know, I probably got 150 overdrive pedals. I right. love delays and overdrives. And I remember when I got on a dumble kick, I went out and I think I bought just about every single pedal out mm-hmm. there that, was that is supposed to be, you know, dumble oriented. And I spent weeks, I mean, literally weeks just playing around, comparing them, putting them in different parts of my chain, stacking them on top of each other and doing different things. I think that's, that's, you know, I think that's really key in helping to, to develop a a, a good understanding of how things work and also to, to, to developing your tone. Now I know there's players out there that would completely disagree. They want to just plug into the amp and nothing else makes any difference. And, and there's, There's something amazing about that as well. But then again, there's guys like myself that absolutely love playing with pedals. Mm -hmm. I just want an amp to be a pedal platform. And I want to be able to generate whatever it is I want to generate from the pedals Mm -hmm. and just make sure I get that that high quality tone, you know, from the amp in that. So, um, but it's cool, man. You know, I, I really like the board. I really like the construction of the board. I like the you know we we've already talked about you yeah. know the back and, and the way that you know it's it's set up so that you can wire it in that it's done really well you know it's done really well you've done a great job and you've, you i think if you as of right now i mean i don't know what you haven't thought of
1: well <laughs> i'll tell you i'll tell you what i have that's not on the market i, I have it i've built it I, i've got prototypes and i've used one for a while it's called the wings model I call it the wings model because you pick any size two tier platform and these wings add to the side of it and what they are, instead of having the tiered platform, they're a big flat platform. That flat, flat platform allows you to put on like your, your helix or your pod or your right. drop or anything like that? It allows you to do stuff like I did where I had, a foot controller for light, lighting in DMX lighting controller on one side. I have my computer with DMX out, and they, they have the patch basement back, but it also has a mic stand built in. So because of this, because what happened was when I was in doing that touring stuff, some nights when I do these little solo gigs at these dinner places, they'd put you in the corner and give you like a three foot by three foot corner. Say, that's your space. You perform there. And you're like, oh my God, if I put my pedal board there, I won't have that room for the mic stand or the monitor or da 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 da. So it made sense for me, to my brain, to say, look, if I can make things as accommodating, compact, and um, small, you know, just take up the least amount of real estate, but give you the most amount of. Uh, connectivity and usability. That's the thing. So the next thing to do is to put a mic stand in that pedal board somewhere. So it doesn't actually interfere with anything and it doesn't take up extra room. And the pedal board becomes the mic stand base and all the weight of the pedals and stuff keeps it from having any trouble. And I love mine. <laughs> I, uh... I, I I love using it um I, I'm still I, I'm in in the middle still of ramping up to uh do a grand offering of those at some point and that'll probably be in this year uh probably later towards the end of the year but uh I'll have those to offer as well as the pedals I'm, it, it's been a real crazy like a rough on a set, and it's, it's been a mad, mad season. So, since the COVID it's been crazy, man, you know, uh, yeah. trying to do things up and down, nothing going, sometimes it's going, and this, that, and the other, but um, the the Wings models I think will be a thing that uh, would, would will really benefit a lot of people out there doing solo and duo shows and things, and, you know, uh where they need their mic stand you know, and that's always a problem. Get your mic stand in the right place if you've got a too big of a pedal board. It never does. You know, even the boom you get it too far extended and it's always a problem. Well, this kind of solves that issue also.
0: Yeah. So uh what's the website so that people can go to it, you know?
1: The okay. website is www.gopedalboards.com and that's g o p e E-D-A-L-B-O-A-R-D-S.com.
0: Very good. now are do you uh will you be attending the uh, nam show in april i have
1: attended the last i have attended nam probably for the last 20 or some years except for uh 2021 and i went last year i'm i'm still undecided about it for this year last year i didn't feel like there was I didn't feel like I had a very good return for my uh, outlay of being there. Uh, um, th- there just wasn't that that many people who came through, and so on. And and hopefully things pick up now. You know, I don't I don't know. So I'm I'm kind of hedging my bet by waiting to see what I think. And uh, it seemed like a lot of the shows I've done. I've done a lot of shows this year. And uh, this past year, of course, uh, this will be the first one this year. And it seemed to be not—it definitely wasn't what it used to be. Um, I, I've noticed, and you know, I made some sales and so on, but it just there just wasn't the traffic through. And it may still be people are still. Uh, they have the covid fear that's kind of stopping them from doing some things, maybe or this that and the other and uh a lot of things in the world may be affecting those kind of choices and uh i am kind of I'm kind of like waiting to see what I think uh, yeah. I mean, to the last minute I uh, hate to do that, but that's at this point that's i'm I'm kinda uh Doing that, you know, but uh, yeah, we went 20, uh, the uh, uh, 2019 uh, NAM, it was in, uh, actually, it was probably 2020, January of 2020, and then after that, things just, after the COVID thing, but before that, we had done the summer NAM in in, uh, uh, Nashville. Yeah, and then uh, done a couple of the uh, nams with the pedal boards, but before that, I had to go to a lot of them because of the my 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 job and work and so on and uh, you know yeah. and, and it's always been fun and great and I love it, but uh, as a for a business decision this year, I'm kind of waiting to see.
0: Yeah, I think people are are doing that with a lot of things, waiting to see, and that's one of the reason I know for us at this guitar show, that's one of the reasons I hate to say that I reached out to some of my friends like Jared James Nichols and Chuck Wentler from Blacktop Mojo and sure. Joanna Connor. And I reached out to them to have them come because I know hopefully that'll also help bring people through, the Absolutely. Door, you know, Absolutely. And, and those, and typically, you know, the people that are fans of those guys, you know, since they're guitar players, a big majority of them are guitar players. And so, right. you know, and so if we can get them to walk around and check out some stuff and maybe do oh, yeah. a few things home, you know, that's absolutely, that's going to be, that's going to be really nice and stuff. So, and I know, you know, it's like I went to the NAM show not last summer, but the summer before last in Nashville and it was dreadful. Was I it? Mean, there, there was like, it was really nothing. I mean, you could, you could go through that whole place in an hour yeah you know and you were done you know no need to go back tomorrow you know kind of I, thing because yeah. there just wasn't hardly anything there, there. yeah I,
1: I, it was it's rough and yeah I, I i can understand like i at this last last year we did the we did the Nam, and uh we talked to a lot of other vendors and uh a lot of uh reps for a lot of companies and and one of the people who were interested in carrying our boards and all that I, I I got to talk to and meet was Terry Spiker from Strymon. And we had had a few meetings with them. Mm-hmm. And when I called her, she, they, she said that they weren't going, you know, they just, they didn't yeah. go. And there was a few of the other bigger, beer companies that didn't go. And
0: Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. friend, Andy Foosh from Foosh Amps, you know, I'm endorsed mm-hmm. by them. And, he he didn't go last year either, and I was invited by Nam to go, you know, uh, with the podcast, you know, in order to broadcast right. and you know do interviews and stuff, and uh, because I had people like Andy and others, you right. know, saying ah, I'm I i do not think I'm going to go, you know, I I didn't go, but this yeah. year they invited me again, and I'm thinking really seriously. Uh, uh, oh, you know,
1: absolutely, man. I mean, if they if they invited you to go and you get a chance, uh, yeah. You know what you do you know you they're they're going to be players there they're going to be names and yes. so on there and there's going yeah. to be you know
0: i've i've been i've been to it numerous times and uh when i was endorsed from nikita and foosh i used to go and play at their booth you know like like right. all the you know artists that are endorsed do and stuff like that so uh you know, it's it's not like I haven't ever. You know, it's not like I' have not been or anything right. like that. But but since the whole COVID thing, you know, it's yeah. been it's just been a little weird in that. And exactly. And you know, and people are you know, gas prices are up. The the hassle of flying, you know, mm-hmm. and just everything that's going on just makes it a little bit harder for people to want to get out and and do yeah. those things. So exactly. We when
1: we go, we usually take a big trailer. Yeah, full yeah, gear, blah, blah, blah. And, and we usually have fun. You know, it's a trip across the country and, yeah. we, you know, just stop and sightsee and, you know, this, that, you know, tourists, we're tourists. That, that. There you go. So, That's so we, we go do that. Uh, and then we've got a lot of family there living in the L.A. area. And all. So we stop and hang out with them and all. But uh, like you said, it, things have been really squirrely since COVID. I, I see it coming back at times up and down, just up and down, up and down. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we get to where things start to, you know, level out. And, you know, it's still going to be squirrely. But if we're at least, if we get an average of a non squirreliness we can, we can yeah. figure out where to work at it. You know?
0: Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, cool, man. Greg, I, you know, thanks for the conversation. I'm looking hey, forward no, no. to seeing you again at the... Me too at the guitar show on the 29th at the Kanke County Fairgrounds in Kanke, Illinois. Uh, for anybody, uh, you can go to IllinoisGuitarExpo.com to get all the information uh, on there. You can even see the schedule of when uh, the clinics are going to be and who the special guests, the meet and greets with people like Jared, James Nichols and stuff like that. So uh, I don't know if you're going to be in town the night before, but I'm hosting an all-star jam with some of those people. Which all is right,
1: really, really I, cool. I might try to do that. That might it might be fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's going to be a good time. I it's know that. Like so, yeah, and we're going to do it early, from seven to ten. That's okay, in Looney Bin in Bradley, Illinois. In that, and once again, all information's on the website. But whatever you need from me, you know, uh, just let me know. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Greg. Make sure you go to gopedalboards.com to find out more. Also go to illinoiguitarexpo.com to learn more about the weekend of the All-Star Jam and the uh, Illinois Guitar and Gear Expo that's coming up. Uh, Until next Wednesday, I'm Jimmy Warren. Thank you so much for tuning in.